2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I think yesterday was a disaster for me. I, I dread the next Picks podcast with Sims because we go over our record from the prior week right out of the gates, and I, I'm going to have to plug my ears and say I'm not listening. Yeah, that
3: sucks for you, man. <laughs> sucks for you, man. I didn't
2: man. Even hear what that was. What was that? I well, I don't know. Attention. We have a
3: show. Pay attention. You're texting over there. We're about our business over here. Maybe that's why you're owing one and five on your best best this year. You're texting when you should be working. I don't know. <laughs> but my texting is working. Do you think
2: I'm like sending a lunch order to my wife or something? Like, hey, you're going out, grab me a hamburger. No, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm spinning <laughs> plates. No days off. No <laughs> minutes off. No seconds off here oh. at PFT. Except when it's time to make picks. Take that down. Oh wait. Oh no. I. Oh it's man. It's not horrible. Last week was bad. Last week was bad. We're tied straight up. You're ahead four games already against the spread in two games, best bets. I thought it was going to be worse. I really did. I'm surprised we split. I, you know what happened was the primetime games last week saved my ass, Sunday and Monday, both. I think we were right, at least I was, straight up and against the spread in all three of those games. That helped me avoid a complete and total disaster for week 2. Well, I so. could have got
3: I could have gotten like on the best bets. Maybe one win there if you're, you know, a Kirk of Cousins could have just done something. I mean, how many times have they got to put him at the 12-yard line and he's going to throw an interception? So that that screwed me over. That's the last time I ride with your stupid ass team, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I don't like playing the over under. I have to uh, really feel yeah.
2: strongly about that number. And as you were explaining your best bets with two of them last week, one I know. an under that didn't hit, an over that didn't hit. I remember thinking, man, I think he's going out on a limb here. But obviously, when your opponent is going out on a limb, you do your best to saw it off. I kept my mouth shut and tried not to talk you out of it. So that worked out for me. Otherwise, 0-3 would hurt a lot more if you hadn't also been 0-3. All right, let's get to it. All odds are provided by Bet MGM. Woo! Bet MGM here for the Joint Mega Picks podcast. Thursday night football, Steelers at the Browns. The Browns are four-and-a-half-point favorites with an over-under of
3: 38-and-a-half. Chris, who do you like in this one? Well, go ahead. You lead it off. You're Johnny Steelers' guy and always have the pasta and meatballs working the right way, so I, uh, like, let, let, I'll like. let you take the floor here, Florio. And here's what I did. Right. Here's my method. High-level,
2: mathematical model, analytic study. Right very careful protractors and compasses and and other tools that they use to engage in high level thinking of which I'm not capable I just sat down and I went with my first unvarnished instinct the product of everything I think everything I see everything we talk about everything we know yeah I just went first instinct You went Steelers First instinct Steelers 20 Browns 14 yeah first instinct yeah I'm testing first instinct unaffected just sit down like like if you're like like uh what do they call it a medium like you're a psychic like the right. first thing that comes to my head that's my test this week right. i did it for all the games okay Steelers 20 browns 14 look the browns are reeling from this isn't live so i can say it that shit show that they had on sunday against the jets where They blew the opportunity to win the game, to slam the door. They left the door open just a little bit, and the Jets kicked it in and stuck it up Whereas you would say, the sun don't shine. Up your butt, Joe Boo, (laughs) to quote Major League. And and I think the Browns are going to have a hard time resetting. Who has a players-only meeting when you're one and one? So the Steelers, opportunistic, situational football, just good enough to win that game. It should be a fun one, not high-scoring, But 20 to 14 Steelers.
3: Yeah, I I mean, listen, that is something to watch for. There's no doubt. I I think when, you know, I'm excited to see how they bounce back, how that goes. You're right, very odd to have a players only meeting. You know, did it affect Monday, Tuesday preparation where you're still talking about the Jets game, all that? Yeah, I I get you. You know, but it's not like the Steelers are free of, like, media scrutiny, too, with the whole Kenny Pickett, Trubisky conversation there. I do think there's pressure on him tonight, definitely. I really, like, we talked about this a lot during the the show today on on Pro Football Talk, but, you know, I I really do think this will be the game that kind of makes a difference or who the quarterback is, at least if Trubisky can save his job for a few more weeks. I I think they are going to have to throw the ball to win the game, period. They're not going to be able to run the ball on the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense is fast. They have decent size. And the Steelers, as we've talked about it, they suck at running. They suck. Now, they're okay at pass protection, all right? Clowney's not playing. And, of course, we know they have those weapons that are dangerous. Trubisky's got to be a little more aggressive. It's not his fault they lost last week or haven't looked that great. But... I will say that there are plays that I look at to go, yeah, you might need to push the envelope here a little bit. These guys are too good to just go, "Uh, I'm going to check it here or throw it here, whatever. So that's what I do look at. But overall, I just think the Browns are a better football team. I do. And what really scares me is a little bit about the Patriots ran the ball on the Steelers last week, and I just look at the Browns and think, you know, we know they're one of the best run teams in all of football. And brissett has been good he's been better than solid so if you overplay the run you know he he can make you pay he can he's certainly not going to make mistakes and stay ahead of the chains in that way so that's where I'm going to go with the Browns here 24-17 it's 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 you know a rivalry game in a short week is scary I think the thing the other thing that kind of takes it to me for Cleveland Mike because of the short week there's a part of me that thinks it hurts the Steelers a little bit because now they can't get a little crazier with their game plan on defense and implement some things that they might, which might make them keep them a little more simple, and I think that favors the Browns, who were kind of simple to begin with on both sides of the ball.
2: Unless they spend some time in yeah. the yeah. preseason, training camp, offseason, knowing they got three games in 11 days to start the season, and they spend some time that could not just two. looking at their You're first right. two but throwing in that Browns game. And you got another head coach in Brian Flores on the defensive side of the ball to help out. I don't have that same concern. All right, that's the Thursday night game. We disagree both straight up and... Against the spread. Here is the slate of one o'clock games. We'll start in Carolina. The Saints come to town. Used to be a huge rivalry in the NFC South. Saints are three point favorites on the road. They are one and one. The Panthers are 0 and two. Could have won both games. Jameis Winston banged up. He's got the multiple fractures in his back, as Jay Glazer reported on Sunday, and he's got an ankle injury now. He had his confidence potentially shattered with three interceptions in the second half against the Buccaneers. Saints again, three point favorites with an over under of 40.5.
3: Chris, who do you like? Yeah, well, I'm going to ride with the Saints here. Um, and I'm looking at it and I I got the Saints 20 to 17. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll cut that and make it 19 to 17. So I'm going to thread the needle. All right. I am going to do that. I don't care. Um, but, but my, my thing here, that my biggest question about this, and the health of Jameis Winston certainly plays into a degree, but to me is, even if Andy Dalton has to play, I don't go, oh man, this really changes the Saints. My, my big thing is the Panthers. The Panthers are disappointing. First off, like, can their offense do anything? Their offense is sucky-ducky. You know, they went from sucky-ducky last year to sucky-ducky again here this year. They are unable to really have any consistency in the passing game, and the passing game has sucked other than one deep pass to Robbie Anderson in week one. And really their run game has, new word for this segment, sucked, except other one run from Christian McCaffrey last week against the Giants. I, I can't buy into them, and not against the Saints defense. Saints defense is damn good. We know that. So I don't see an area where they stress them out. And then, you know, for the Panthers, I just, on their defensive side of the ball, you know I like their talent, but it's come to the point where they just don't have enough big people to stop teams that can run the ball at all. That's their biggest problem. They're athletic. They're fast. They're just not enough big people. Their defensive ends are athletic. Their linebackers are just okay. And that's where I think, you know, I don't know where the status of Alvin Kamara is quite yet. But I think they'll be able to run the ball and play ugly enough and win the game that way. I don't think this game's going to be pretty regardless, obviously, by a 19-17 score that I'm picking. Um, Panthers, this is last-ditch desperate effort, but I just don't think they're good enough to overcome the Saints, hasn't taking the Saints.
1: Last
2: year the Panthers started 3-0 and before the wheels came off, and I really do feel like Matt Rule is hitting desperation mode here. This is one that if if you want to continue to be the coach until the end of the season – if you want to make it to the end of the season, you got to win this one. This is all hands on deck. Sound the alarm. We have to find a way to win. Baker Mayfield and company, Christian McCaffrey, they have to find a way to win. And I think they're getting the Saints at a good time. Because you, know, you you talk all the time about not letting one loss become two. I could see the Saints reeling a little bit from this one. Maybe not taking the Panthers as seriously as they should. Right. Kind of a trap. And they're not really a team that you would look at as a team that could maybe step into a trap, but still, it's all relative. It's how excited, it's how motivated, it's how focused you get for your opponent. I don't think the Saints are going to be as focused as they need to be. The Panthers are going to be desperate. The Panthers are going to be dangerous. I got the Panthers 23-20 in this one. Counts as an upset even though the Panthers are at home. I think the Panthers are better than what their first two games would suggest. They could have won both of them, should have won week one after they finally woke up against the browns blew that one could have won week two blew that one i think just you know these margins are so thin they're due this is again sit down gut reaction panthers are due panthers win 23 20 let's go to gut reaction
3: where are we in our sheets on our computer we were on something else. so were we in another document here this is where i don't Okay, I guess we are looking Uh, right at it. Well, it it wasn't here earlier and it was in another document, but now it's over in this document. So that's where I don't know where we are. So keep going. I'm sorry.
2: I I know. I know that you always handle technological issues so seamlessly and calmly that I don't I want to make sure that we don't complicate your process at all. All right. We go to Soldier Field, Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears, a Lovey Smith revenge game. Once upon a time, he took the bears to the super bowl. They eventually fired him. He bounced around a little bit was the coach of the Buccaneers. Now he's in his third game as a head coach for his third time. The bears are two and a half point favorites with an over under of 40.
3: Chris, who do you like? Well, I mean, you talk about the ugliest, most uninspiring game of the weekend that I could really give a crap about. It's this one. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it is this one for sure. Um, it, it's two you know, bad offenses, and with two defenses that are well-coached, but don't really have any playmakers or anything like that, I'm basically boiling this down to the Bears have fields, their run game has been good, and they just have a few more difference makers than the Texans. I don't think the Bears will be able to throw the ball on the Texans consistently. I don't, but... I don't think the Texans will be able to throw the ball on the Bears either. It really comes down to whose run game takes over. You know, I don't have faith in either pass game. So because of that, I'm just going to go with the Bears there in that one. I'm going to go uh, 16-13 Bears.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go 17-13 Bears. Look, I the, the Bears gave the Packers everything they could handle. The Bears gave the Packers, a game that came down to whether or not they were going to overturn that fourth-and-goal effort by Justin Fields where we think the ball got across the front of the plane and all it has to do is touch the front of the plane. That would have changed the rest of that game. I think the Bears are better than we're giving them credit for. And, look, the Texans tied the Colts, but we saw what happened to the Colts the following week.
3: Well, and the Colts you know, shit I the was, bed and their leg and everything in that game. I, they <laughs> did so many stupid I, things, right. So, but go I, ahead. Was, yeah. I was far more impressed by
2: the Texans after – they tied the Colts then right. after I saw what the Colts did against the Jaguars and then the Texans you know they kind of played it tough against the Broncos but I think the Broncos are going to be not as good as their fans would expect I just think the Bears get this one done they find a way Justin Fields even though he doesn't have the kind of help around him that other young quarterbacks do I think he's good enough to make the difference he makes the key play in the key moment and the Bears win 17-13 all right. all right speaking of the Colts They are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are only five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Colts team that has been ass so far
3: this year, 50.5 over-under. Who do you like? Well, I mean, you know, you look at it, it's a desperation game for the Colts, definitely. You know, I I don't know if I have any faith in the Colts' offense as of right now. I know they ran the ball well in week one against the Texans, but as we discussed, I mean, you know we just hit that i don't think the texans defense is anything to write home about uh, so that's that's an issue right there right and then i'm hearing something in my ear here too guys yeah i am too yeah what's, well, we gotta what's going we got to kill whatever other show is coming yes, through while we're trying to do through our here right. let's get that taken care of all right and all right. then and then the other thing is and then the other thing is i think with like the um, the O line with the Colts, how good is it? I don't know. Do I think they can just run the ball down the throat of the Chiefs? I have a hard time believing that. And then the Colts' pass game, can they carry them for the Chiefs? I don't know if I believe in that too. Michael Pittman's health is going to be big for you know how this game plays out. But Matt Ryan, as we've talked a lot this week, it doesn't look great. The arm looks weak. You know, I'm I'm a little worried about it from that standpoint. Um, so, and then the other thing is here. You know the, the 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 Chiefs' offense. You know they know how to play against this Gus Bradley defense. He was in the AFC West the last five, six, seven years, and in the Raiders last year they got torn up. They've realized how to be patient and have the underneath plays against the Gus Bradley Seattle three defense. So um, you know, I, I can the Colts' D line get pressure if they can then maybe this game is close. But I don't think so. Uh, and that's where I'm going to go with the Chiefs here,
2: 31-21. I got 41-17. I think the Chiefs are going to destroy them. And, look, th- th- this is the place where the Chiefs once came back from. Wait, no, they blew the huge – no, this they didn't come back. They had the huge margin with Alex Smith, the quarterback, in the playoffs, and Andrew Luck and company came back and won that game. So anytime they have the lead over the Colts, they're going to step on their throat. And Matt Ryan – as we have been saying it's quite possible that father time is hitting him over the head with that big ass what's that thing that that uh uh uh, hourglass hourglass right, right. that he wears around his neck yeah uh, I-, I think this may be it for Matt Ryan and it's definitely not it for Patrick Mahomes he got extra time to get ready yeah right you know how dangerous Andy Reid is when you give him extra time to get ready 41-17 I like the Chiefs to right. blow the Colts off the field I- now watch now the Colts are probably
3: well no it's I I'm, I almost wanted to go that way too if, you know you said it too extra time and something that we talk about a lot in the, you know the NFL in general that like the psychosis of it you have a great feel for this department for sure that's why I call you. Austin meatballs but two like don't you think that Chiefs game extra time like you're talking about and a game where I also think it's like yeah we won but we didn't play good so we're still kind of pissed off right it, it, that's kind of the feeling I got from the Chiefs like like they didn't play their best ball against the Chargers still won that game so I don't think they're gonna like sit back and just be like oh it's pina colada time we're 2-0 and you know I think they'll be on their shit this week and ready to go all right game of the
2: day Bill's at the Dolphins, both teams 2-0. and The Dolphins last week with that dramatic come-from-behind win, 35-14 to down. They tied it up. They took the lead to a of Iloa. Incredible with six touchdown passes. The Bills are six-point favorites at Miami. They didn't go down five days early like the Patriots did. They'll go down, and it'll be hot, and it will be far more of a test than I think the Bills ever would have imagined. Over under 52-and-a-half. Who do you like?
3: Well, I like the Bills. I do. I, You know, I just, I'm too much of a believer in them, what they got, their culture, their toughness, their coaching, all of that. Is it dangerous? Sure. I'm going Bills 28-20. Here's the reason. The Bills are legit on defense this year. You know, like, I, like I've said a lot last year, number one was a mirage last year when they were the number one defensive football. This year, they they legitimately can be that. They have the D-line. They have the depth, right? They don't have to overcommit and do crazy stuff on defense, So, I think they're going to have a plan, and they're not a man to man team. So, I think they'll have a plan to, one, you know, their D line, I think, can stop the McDaniel run game, Shanahan run game, all that stuff. And then, two, because their D line is so good, I think that's going to allow them to stop the, what I call, you know, the bullshit plays from the Miami offense. That's where they really kill you is whoa it's a screen to waddle it's a screen to tyreek and you go oh here they got they got 15 yards he threw a ball two yards over the middle they got another 14 yards so i think they're going to be all over that and as great as tool was and all that as well you know this defense is different than the ravens the ravens are i'm the ravens defense i think we got to see how good their d actually is um now the other side of that is the dolphins defense is good it's talented they They were too aggressive last week. If they're that aggressive against my boy Blue and Josh Allen, they're going to get torn apart. Um, so I, I just, you know, from that standpoint, the Bills have done nothing wrong on the offensive side of the ball. I'm just too much of a believer in them being so good, Josh Allen being so good, and I think their defense is a different animal, Twenty-eight twenty.
2: Yeah, I got 38-31. I got yeah. it more of a shootout than you do. And it could be that it's 38-24 late and there's a garbage time touchdown. But that Bills defense when you can bring the heat with your front four and then drop everybody That's right. back right. and keep it all in front. They got to deal with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They'll give up yardage. I think the key will be don't give up points. I think it's easier to defend the Dolphins' offense in the red zone. I would agree with that. Than having guys run by you. I hear you. And so bend but don't break may be the Bills' mantra this week on defense. Right. And then they'll still do what they do offensively because they got your boy Blue. And whatever they try to do, it's not going to work because he's going to buy time. I think they try. They need to if they want to be successful. Take away Stephon Diggs. I got the impression talking to Diggs this week the Titans didn't do that even though Gabe Davis wasn't available. If Gabe Davis isn't there again. How do you not completely erase Stephon Diggs and uh, force Josh Allen to go elsewhere, but he's good enough to go elsewhere. Yeah. I think 38-31, final score, Bills win, move to 3-0.
3: If those Lions- screens Vikings- – Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, go if those ahead. screens and those plays for Miami work and we, start, we look at the game and we're in the second quarter and we're going, damn, these little short passes here and they're moving up in the ball. That's going to compromise what the Bills want to do. Maybe this game does get really tight. That's going to be something I'll be watching for. Sorry about that, Mike. That's all right. Lions-Vikings, similar
2: uh, – uh, situation vikings six-point favorites although they are at home identical over under 52 and a half there have been barn burners between these teams recently last year two great games different coaching staff though in minnesota same result on monday night in philadelphia can the vikings on a short week go home hold it together and win the game and more importantly can they cover the spread i don't see anybody winning this game by six points either way
3: Yeah, all right. So go ahead. You hit it up. Let me see your, you know, Steelers, Vikings, those are your team's pasta meatballs. Let me hear it.
2: Well, I mean, the Vikings go back to the friendly confines of U.S. Bank Stadium. It will be loud. They'll be blowing the horn. That gives the team an edge. I think they got a little overwhelmed by going on the road into a hostile environment on Monday night under the lights. It was a big deal. And we know how Kirk Cousins is under the lights on Monday night. He's 2-10. So if the guy's 60-60-2 as a starter in all games, and he's two and 10 on Monday night football, that means he's 58, 50 and two on Sundays and Sunday nights. So, and Thursdays. So I, I'm, I'm willing to trust cousins and company. As you said today on PFT live, they should be able to run the ball better than they did. They can't run it much worse. Dalvin cook could not get going against the Eagles defense. They run the ball, take some steam out of the defense, and then be able to Get rid of the ball fast because, hey, Aiden Hutchinson's going to be coming for you, Kirk. You better get rid of the football because 97 is going to be all over you if you don't. And uh, I, I just think this is a get-right game for the Vikings, but it's not going to be a blowout. 27-24. I like the Lions to cover, but the Vikings to win in what should be another entertaining game in this series that is Sneakily becoming a great rivalry again in the NFL.
3: Yeah, it's funny. It, it really is. It's, it, you, you said it. I, I like a lot of the points you made there. It has been, you know, under the radar, exciting. It's just they got to get good both of these teams to really jump on the scene here. Um, I, 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 I mean, you said it right. I, I do think the Vikings are going to be able to run the ball on the the Detroit Lions. You know, we saw the, of course, the Eagles run the ball on them. The Washington didn't run the ball on them, but Washington's O line's not very good. And but Washington had their way in the past game. You know, Minnesota's got a little bit of both worlds here. I think they should be able to move the ball up and down the field on a Lions defense that I just don't think quite has enough pieces yet. And then, you know, the, the other aspect of this is why Jared Goff has been better, definitely. I I'm not ready to say he can just win shootouts on a consistent basis. I got to see a little more to believe in that. And, and the other thing too, the lions need another receiver that you can look at. It can't just be the Amon Ross St. Brown show. Who else is going to be a compliment to him to where, you know, as we go here, defenses aren't just going to be able to focus on St. Brown. That's a thing too. But the one thing I do question and, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect it to happen because I think the Vikings, their defensive front's pretty damn good with those two linebackers and everything like that. If the Lions' run game starts killing it, I go, "Uh uh-oh, maybe it's going to be an upset. But I'm going Vikings 27-20. So you've got the Vikings covering by a point, but it's the
2: same idea. Look, th- this this should be a close, exciting game. Right, Jared Goff against that Vikings defense. I talked about this earlier four years ago. He torched them with the Rams. He's gotten better with the Lions. I think it should be an interesting game. Here's another interesting game and in a renewal of a fierce rivalry in the AFC because we know there's no love lost, as they like to say, between the Ravens and the Patriots. They go to New England. Ravens three-point favorites on the road, home opener for the Patriots. Forty-three and a
3: half over under. Who do you like in this one, Chris? Well, I like the Patriots. I do. I'm going with it. I think they match up well within the, the Baltimore Ravens football team. I, I, I think where, you know, and I know we discussed this a little bit you know earlier today, is just that I think the Patriots' defense is very good. You know, as much as we talk about the offense of the Dolphins, they only scored 13 points on that crew right there. Uh, and, and one of them was a fourth down and eight great play over the middle to waddle to break it. So I think they are legit there. And then what I worry about is the Ravens can't run the ball. They can't. It's the Lamar Jackson show. And I don't know if they got enough weaponry around him for just to take over like a Mahomes or Allen quite yet against a defense like this. So that's where I don't really like it. And then I think I question the Ravens defense. The Ravens do not have a special defense alignment on their team. There's not. I mean, Calais Campbell's a Hall of Famer. I get that, but this is year 45. He's not the same guy anymore. All right, there. So uh, Justin Houston's on there. You know, borderline Hall of Famer. It's year 47 for him. So I, it's, it's I just they don't have those kind of guys. And what I worry about is they have to overcommit to stop the run. And even though Mac Jones and that offense isn't super explosive. They'll have a plan to stop the crazy blitzes and things that the Ravens do. That's the one thing you can count on with the Patriots. So uh, that's where home opener, the matchup itself, um, I think the Ravens have to blitz to get pressure because they know their front four can't do it. I'm going to go Patriots 20-17. to
2: Speaking of that Ravens defense, John Harbaugh speaking on Thursday about the possibility of adding Jason Pierre-Paul, who's available, Blake Martinez, who's out there. So maybe they recognize they need some. They definitely do. Well, especially after what I still in the fourth quarter. I mean, what in the hell? Yeah, what in the hell? Just letting Tyreek Hill run by you. The difference is this, uh, this offense not as good as what the Ravens faced last week. Obviously, right. And and I just have faith in harbaugh rebounding i got you i still don't know where the patriots are offensively and they're going to have their hands full of lamar jackson even though the other runners on that team aren't getting it done lamar is and there's a chance jk dobbins plays because he was ready to play as of saturday night maybe they just decided to hold him until the patriots game strategically because he'll make a difference in that rushing attack all right bengals at the jets the mike white hall of fame game from last year when the jets somehow beat the bengals Bengals are five-point favorites, even though they are winless. Jets coming off of that win over the Browns, over under a 45. Who do you like? Well,
3: I'm going to go with the Bengals because they're desperate, and I still have some faith in them. To me, it's just all about the Bengals' offense. I mean, it's it's all about that. Can they protect Burrow? Can they do that? If they can do it, they're going to win the game. It's really plain and simple. And, you know, they played this scheme last week, so I'm hoping they learn from it a little bit. Uh, Dan Quinn, he taught this game to Robert Sala, so this is what they're going to deal with again this week. I, I know the protection is not going to be great, great, but you know I don't think this Jets pass rushes is, is the Cowboys or the um, uh, the Steelers in, in that manner. You know, and and then the other side of it is, you know, the one thing we've lost here because of the Bengals' inability to protect Joe Burrow is the Bengals' defense has been phenomenal. I mean, they've been phenomenal in both football games, really. Uh, it's a good unit, and and the Jets have shown that they're a better unit as well. I don't know. I just don't. I don't trust them all the way yet. I don't know if they're a high functioning offense that way. And because of the desperation, I'm going to go Bengals twenty four twenty.
2: Yeah, I've got Bengals thirty one twenty four covering that spread. You are threading the needle if oh, it's twenty four twenty. So uh, look, the the Jets are better. Then we give them credit for. But yes. this is about the Bengals getting a win. You talk all the time about the pressure that is felt in a building as the losses pile up. They can't fall to 0-3, not in that division. You can't do it. Um, So, and the Bengals are good enough to win this game. And the fact that they lost to the Jets in New York last year far less likely they step on a rake on this one and actually benefits them. They'll take the Jets more seriously than maybe the Browns did last week when the Browns failed to slam the door. Raiders at the Titans. The Raiders are actually favored by two-and-a-half points at Tennessee. Tennessee, the number one seed last year, but they are 0-2, got blown out the bills on monday night i'm sure that's affecting the the betting right trends people are writing off the titans are you writing off the titans in this game that also has an over under
3: of 45.5 no I'm, i have too much faith in, in vrabel and company there uh the coaching staff there in general one i you know i i would think the i would think the titans can run the ball and get that going here against the raiders a little bit the raiders defensive front hasn't been you know it's i don't think it's a great defensive front and, and in the interior part of the defensive line especially you know, I also think that you know they have a chance to get the the pass game going here too. You know, Vrabel's got great knowledge of the Raiders and how they're coached, the McDaniel offense, the Patrick Graham defense. I mean, he played in that defense in New England, so he gets that. I'm giving him a little bit of an advantage of that as well. Um, so, you know, th- that's where you know I think the offense can get on track. It's not going to be sexy. It's one of these receivers has to jump out a little bit to be a. A little bit of a difference maker. They definitely need more of a presence there. Um, but I'm not panicked about Ryan Tannehill. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I know I'm probably in the minority there. And then the other thing I lo- worry about is just the, the Raiders' offensive line. You know, they've uh, been unable to run the football. And we saw uh, you know last week it was better against the, uh, the Cardinals as far as protecting the passer. But J.J. Watt and, and uh, a few of those other guys on the D-line were close a lot. And the Chargers the week before got to Derek Carr a whole lot. I I mean, this Titans pass rush, I still think is very good. And I think they're going to get after him a little bit. So that's where I get into it. And I think they'll understand how to take Devontae Adams out of the game plan a little bit in Tennessee. Uh, So that's where I'm going to go with the Titans 24-21.
2: Well, they didn't take Stevon Diggs out of the game plan the way they could have and should have. But I still have faith in the Titans to pull this one off. They understand the stakes here. They understand what it means to fall to 0-3. And I know the Raiders are 0-2 as well. The other side of it, too, the Titans weren't going to beat the Bills in Buffalo. I don't care what the final score is, 41-7 or 14-7. They weren't going to beat the Bills in Buffalo. The Raiders had that game won at home against the Cardinals. They blew a 20-point lead. That leaves a mark. That's not easy to recover from. And when you have a new coaching staff, a new regime, and you're trying to get buy-in from the players, blowing that lead surely created a lot of stress and pressure and, and angst, and it's going to be hard to set that aside and go to Nashville and win. I like the Titans twenty-four to twenty. All right, last game in the one o'clock window, the Eagles at the Commanders. The Eagles looking great so far this year. Jalen Hurts next level. You made the point during PFT Live about how Hurts was the guy that that nudged Carson Wentz out of town. They went with Hurts. Wentz gets a crack and a little bit of revenge on the Eagles. Uh, the Commanders won in week one, lost in week two. Six-and-a-half-point
3: favorites are the Eagles 47-and-a-half over under. Who do you like? Well, I like the Eagles. I think this actually is a chance to be kind of a shootout. You know, I, I don't know. I think it was close last week with the Eagles-Vikings becoming kind of that. Um, I think here, the, the first thing is, is the Commanders, you've heard me say, they can't run the ball. I think that's been pretty justified through two weeks. But they can throw the ball. And they're decent at pass protection. And I don't think the Eagles D-line – even though I think it's pretty good against the run, I don't think it's great as far as just pass rushers. I don't that way. To where I think Carson Wentz and the Eagles, to me, are still a little too simple in the secondary. I think there's going to be plays there for the commanders to make on that side of the ball. So I do think they can throw it, and I would expect Wentz to put up pretty good numbers in the pass game, definitely. But ultimately, the biggest problem to me is the commander's defense. That's the biggest problem. You know, Del Rio's got him playing dust up ball. And you know, dust up ball just doesn't work. You can't play dust up ball. You gotta play real defense, you know? You gotta go sometimes you just gotta go full in. And he's he's playing dust up ball. So I, I don't trust him there at all. I don't think his players really like him either. I wouldn't doubt that either. And I just think the Eagles offense is phenomenal. They put you in so many tough situations. Run game, quarterback run game. You know, do you want to match up against these receivers? And uh, I just don't think dust-up ball Del Rio can pull it off. So I'm going Eagles
2: 34-27. Yeah, uh, so you have the Eagles barely covering. I call it a 31-17 victory by the Eagles, and I think it could get worse than that. I just, I'm just i all in with the Eagles now after what I saw them do to the Vikings. Now, the offense did nothing in the second half. It really didn't need to. No one scored a point in the second half of that game. It was 24-7 in halftime, 24-7 final. But their defense is opportunistic. Bend but don't break there. There were opportunities in the red zone multiple times for the Vikings. Darius Slay making big plays. I just like the vibe around the Eagles right now, and I don't like the vibe around the Commanders, even though they did find a way to win in Week 1. They fell into a big hole against the Lions. Yes, they tried to fight out of it. I just I don't think it's going to happen against the Eagles. Let's go ahead and take a break. We will focus on the late afternoon Sunday games, including a couple of old QBs getting together again in Tampa Bay when this joint production of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continues right after this.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.
2: PFTPM chris sims unbuttoned joint mega picks podcast for week three 4 p.m eastern games whether it's 405 or 425 they're all in the same bucket let's start with jaguars at chargers the chargers are a seven point favorite which is actually the biggest spread of the week which maybe suggests there'll be some close games this week the chargers get a little extra rest the jaguars pretty damn
3: good over under a 47 and a half do you like the upset in this one well i don't i'm not gonna go upset but I think people are not recognizing the Jaguars yet. I I do think that You, you heard me say today on the, on the show, like I have a man crush on the Jaguars defense. It's studs galore everywhere. I mean, everywhere. When you go through it, it's Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, Roy Robertson Harris in the middle, a Louisiana linebacker, um, uh, Devin Lloyd, the first round pick out of Utah. So you go, whoa, holy cow, that's unbelievable. And then you get in the secondary and you go, you know, the, the, um, yes, Tyson Campbell at, you know, the 33rd pick of the draft. And, and then Shaq Griffin at the other corner, and then two good safeties and Rayshon Jenkins and my man Andre Cisco to where I don't think people are recognizing how good they are, you know. And then the Jaguars have shown the ability to protect the passer a little bit on that side of the ball. So then you add that into Justin Herbert might not be a hundred percent. He's he's you know visiting with Doctor Needle a lot and all that. You know that's where I look about look at it. To me, I'm going Chargers twenty four twenty three, um, but if if you know the jaguars can run the ball just a little bit i think this can be very interesting and you know, limit the amount of attempts Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa get to rush on 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 uh, Trevor Lawrence. And Staley's creative on defense. You know, Trevor hasn't seen a defense like this this year where they do a lot of different stuff and all that. So because of that, I'm going to go with the Chargers. But I do think this is like a little bit dangerous and they better watch out in this one for sure. We're on the same page. I got
2: 24-20. That was my first reaction. Sit down. Instinct. Because... The Jaguars do look pretty damn good. They were very competitive in week one, and they shut out the Indianapolis Colts. And Justin Herbert's going to be playing through pain. Is it going to affect him? I don't know. It affected him when he tried to run the ball last week, and he could get hit again. I mean, the Jaguars' defense knows that he's got that injury, and they tend to keep notes, and they test the injury as Players will say privately, but not necessarily publicly anymore. But that's just the way it is. So Herbert's going to have to be ready to go and ready to protect himself. And the Jaguars are good enough to make them pay. I think it'll be close. I think the Chargers find a way to win. But I do think the Jaguars cover. All right, Rams at the Cardinals. Last time we saw these two teams play in the playoffs, it was as ugly as it's ever been for Kyler Murray on a football field. Now they're riding the high of that 20 point come from behind win, the overtime victory. The Rams, blown out in week one, struggled with the Falcons more than they should have in week two, three-and-a-half-point road
3: favorites at Arizona, 48-and-a-half over under Chris. Who do you like? Well, I I do like the Rams. Uh, I do think it's scary, though. I, I, I do expect, you know, again, another thing we discussed, like, The Cardinals just got to go all in, spread, quarterback draws, spread, read option, you know, option, pitch it out there. When they started to do that stuff, four four receivers to the right, one to the left, right, and oh, it's a crazy pass play, and then it's a crazy screen off of that formation. When they started to just do that, that's when the game changed, and that's when the Raiders went, whoa, we can't play just cover two and make it about that. We got to get somebody down there cuz we're outnumbered with some of these runs of Kyler Murray and now he's starting to scramble and he's starting to they're starting to bring out crazy plays like that. They get themselves in trouble when they try to be something they're not. All of a sudden two tight ends are on the field and all that. I've given up on trying to say that. They can't do it. They're not made for to do that. Don't do it. So that's where I look at it. But I do think, you know, the Rams even should be able to contain Kyler to a degree. They've been pretty good through that throughout their career. I think for the most part other than one game Um, But I do feel as if the Rams offense is not clicking all the way yet. And if they, one of the keys I look at is just can they run the ball? If they can run the ball, I think they win the game 24-17. And that's the the score I'm going to pick. But if they can't, and it becomes a pass-only type game, that's where Van Josephs can be a real pain in the ass as a defensive coordinator, because he is creative on that end. Um, but I, I'm going to say they can run the ball because I don't have a ton of faith in the Cardinals' D-line that way. I go Rams 24-17. I'm going Cardinals 33. I'm
2: back on the Cardinals' bandwagon after seeing that they finally realized – let Kyler cook. We hear about let Russ cook all the time. We're going to talk about Russ coming up later in the program. But let Kyler do his thing. He's healthy now. That's the difference. He looked to ordinary last year in the playoffs against the Rams because he wasn't healthy. And when he lacks his mobility, he shrinks before our very right, eyes. Right. He seems smaller. He seems ineffective. But when he's doing the stuff that we saw him do in that – game with the two-point conversion running around for 20.8 seconds man among boys even though he's the size of the boy among the men it <laughs> really is amazing to see and I think the Cardinals realize we just have to keep playing the hot hand and the hot hand is Kyler Murray 30-23 to 23, I like the Cardinals to win this game Falcons at the Seahawks uh, Seattle trying to figure out where they are offensively. They're among the worst in the league. They're going to let Geno cook, supposedly. That may be a precursor to benching him for Drew Locke. Falcons were up 16 in week one and blew it. Tried to come back against the Rams. It didn't work out. Can the Falcons, and they stayed out in the West Coast between games. Do they settle in and find a way to get their first win of the season in Seattle, Chris?
3: Yeah, there's there's some interesting things about this game. You know, you, you hit it with the Geno Cook stuff, like, They have to. Like, if they don't open it up and start, you know, throwing the kitchen sink in the passing game, they're just wasting their time. They are. I mean, because – and then there's the other thing. I just go, if they play simple like they did the last few weeks, Dean Pease is smart. He's going to be all over their simple-ass offense. He's going to be all over it. He's going to be like, oh, gosh, I saw this play in, you know, 1974. I know how to defend this. They haven't changed it since then. So that's where I just – I, 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 you know, I don't trust the Seahawks that way, you know, but I'm, I'm hopeful maybe they can do that and show some creativity, but you know, ultimately, um, yeah, I think the, I think the Falcons are going to be able to run the ball in the Seattle Seahawks. I do. And as long as Mariota protects the football, which, you know, there's times where he, he is very loose with it, fumbles too much, throws some interceptions and I'm never one to go school, oh, protect the football, but I think the Falcons are every bit as good as the Seahawks. I'm gonna go Falcons getting the win here on the road twenty to seventeen. Wow. Wow. Going into Seattle and
2: upsetting the Seahawks, even though they are slim favorites, one and a half is basically a toss-up. I mean, there aren't many games that come down to one or two points, really. They do, they do. We saw some, we've seen some. Jets won by a point, but I think if the Seahawks win, it's gonna be by at least a field goal. I've got Seattle 17 to 14. I think they just find a way to do enough. They're working on fundamentals like better tackling. The Falcons are struggling to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. Marcus Mariota has looked good so far, but he, he's he's not all that durable and Seahawks can be aggressive on defense. I just I just think that the idea of going into Seattle and beating them even with a depleted Seahawks team, I don't think the Falcons are good enough to do it. All right, Packers at the Buccaneers. Another very narrow margin here for Tampa Bay. 1 point favorite over the visiting Green Bay Packers, 41-and-a-half over under Chris... Who do you like in the battle of old
3: man quarterbacks? A battle of the Bay, the old NFC North, the, the bat- Bay of Pigs, battle of the old timers. It's the Mike Florio Bowl, the old timer bowl.
2: <laughs>
3: Chris Berman used to have that tie that he wore
2: when Tampa right. Bay and Green Bay played, and he called it the Bay of Pigs game.
3: Right, I know those those are the good old days, right? Brett Favre versus Warren Sapp and all of that stuff. Um, you know, I'm I'm I think I think where I look at this, you know. More than anything is you know, the Packers' offense. That's where I look at it. Are they going to be able to run the ball on the Bucks? I don't think so. I mean, I don't. You know, you don't ever see anybody really run the ball on the Bucks. And then so then we get into like, wait, the pass game's going to get it done and make plays there. I'm just not ready to say that in Green Bay yet. I'm not, you know. And the Bucks, like, I think they're perfectly fine playing ugly football game. We got to do it Todd Bowles way. And I think Brady, he's okay doing that too. I, he, I think, you know, his two games in a row, what, he's throwing for in the hundreds, right? 195, 190 yards. You know, they run the ball, all of that. It does think they have no Akeem Hicks, and he's hurt, okay? Um, but, you know, the other thing is, you know, the Bucks offense, I guess I just have a little more faith in them. Even though they're injured galore, I like their scheme. You know, I'm not a believer in the Packers' D line. You know, I'm not. I you know, and like not, not all the way. I know they're good, but we saw the Bears run it down their freaking throw last night, last week. I think the Bucks will be able to run the ball that way and play it ugly and do that. So, uh, I think that within the running game, it's going to force the Packers into some uncomfortable positions and give them just enough good looks to take advantage of it. It's an ugly defensive game you know, with the old timers who, you know, they are, they're awesome. You know, they're first out hall of famers, but they're not Josh Allen or Mahomes or Herbert and able to create and just make up for some of the things that are missing in this game. That's where I think it's just going to be ugly 20 to 17 or 20 to 14 bucks. I got 23, 20 Tampa Bay in this one. And I,
2: I agree with you, even though, even though it's a three point margin for me, I just, I think the Buccaneers win, whatever the score is. I think the Buccaneers win. And they're going to win by more than a point if they win. And and so I'm I'm maybe maybe this is going to be one of my best bets. I don't know. This well, just feels like a Tampa Bay win. This right? feels like Tommy finds a way to win. Yeah, it does. And 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 the Packers aren't as good as they've been in the past and the Buccaneers although they're different, the focus is different, they're still pretty damn good. It's that
3: simple. They're just like don't you I just feel like the the Bucs are okay being in these kind of games. I, more than the Packers, I just feel like, you know, anytime games get like this with the Packers, they lose it. And then it's like the bucks they, they're okay. They can do it. They can play physical ugly football. I, I don't have the faith in the Packers in these type of games. I don't. And, um, yeah, it would be interesting. And it's, you know, maybe the last time we see 12 versus 12 in this one too. So we should all take that in and enjoy it.
2: Unless they cross paths in the postseason again like they did two years ago. All right, we'll take a break. The primetime games for week three when this joint production of PFTPM and Chris Sims on Button continues right after this.
1: PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. It
2: is primetime time. Sunday night football. Russell Wilson now with the Broncos facing an old nemesis, the San Francisco 49ers coming to town. Chris has mentioned on multiple occasions the fact that Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers, may have a little extra something for the Broncos. They picked Vance Joseph instead of him to be the head coach. They didn't put his dad in the ring of honor for 15 years. Now Kyle comes back with his old quarterback as his new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. This one is surprising to me in that the 49ers are a narrow favorite, one and a half points over the Broncos, 44 and a half over under all odds is always provided by bet. MGM, Chris, Who do you like in this one? I, 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 you you know where I I know where you're leaning and I think, you know, where I'm
3: leaning and I see that one and a half and I'm like, what am I missing? I, well, it, it it, it scares me a little because I just go, what is there something I don't know? Or is, you know, Jimmy, the shark out there betting millions on something. I don't know too, that sway the line here. Um, but, you know, I, I think you said it right. I think Kyle's going to be really motivated here. He's going to have a ton of family and friends at the game. He's going to want to put a show on for them. I think the Jimmy G aspect gives the team a lift. As I told you, I know there's people in that locker room that wanted Jimmy G as the quarterback. I know. So I think there, that's a little energy there that way. And, you know, the, 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 the Seahawks def- – I mean the Seahawks, excuse me. The Broncos' defense, I like it. I do. But they haven't seen an animal like this yet. E.J. Everett, who i got a lot of faith in as a you know, new young defensive coordinator in football, he, he hasn't had to defend an animal like this And Shanahan, who to me is you know, one of the master game planners in, in football. Uh, so that's where I, 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 I question that. And then you know the, the Broncos offense, I'm just not ready to buy in on it quite yet. I'm not. And the 49ers defense is, is arguably the best defense in football. It's certainly in that conversation. So, you know, can the Broncos run the ball on them? I don't know. I don't – nobody can run the ball on the 49ers either. So I, I don't know where that goes. And I'm not sure that the Broncos' pass game is really hitting on all cylinders yet either. So uh, that, that's where I'm a little, you know, uh, on the fence still about what to see from the Broncos, let alone all the other things about the clock management and all that stuff. I'm going 49ers, 27-17. There's a weird vibe around this Broncos team. The
2: fans counting down the seconds left on the play clock. Russell Wilson trying to brush it off as he always would try to do. He doesn't want to say anything that would be regarded as hostile in any way toward the fan base. Nathaniel Hackett kind of all over the place as he tries to get his sea legs under him. This is not a matchup you want as you're trying to learn the job on the fly. And I think the 49ers, with the familiarity of Jimmy Garoppolo, that lift it's given the team, it was kind of a weird, murky, conflicting stew of emotions. They want us to support Trey Lance, but we kind of like the other guy. Now, look, it's horrible what happened to Trey Lance, the broken ankle, out for the year. Kyle Shanahan said yesterday he won't be back later in the year. He's done for the season. That that opens the gates for the love to fall back to Jimmy it does. G. It you're right. They get, right. It just they get ends two primetime games, Broncos and Rams in back-to-back weeks. We're going to see the 49ers, I think, quickly emerge as contenders in the NFC. 34-20 is my score for this one. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know why it's only one and a half points. But I said that last week on a couple of my best bets, and what the hell did that get me?
3: Well, nothing. I know. I know. It, it is scary. And, you know, EJ Everett, who's been with the Rams, I mean, he does have knowledge of this, you know, uh, offense a little bit. But, yeah, I, I I, don't get it either. I don't. Um yeah, it's just hey, it, I think it's what we're really seeing here is it. It's still a it's it's week three, and with the seventeen game schedule now, and the fact that there's no preseason football the way it used to be, teams are still kind of figuring it out early in the year. And I think that's why we got like every game seems like it's a two point spread, a one point spread. I mean, I mean the fact that Jaguars at seven is the biggest spread of the week. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that way. But I got to think that's a part of why these uh, are all so close, or at least closer than normal, in my opinion. All right,
2: Monday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys at the New York Football Giants. Chris will be there doing keg stands in the parking lot. mooning Jerry Jones, smoking weed in the stands. He's going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Tuesday morning is going to be interesting. I will be ready to mobilize Miles Simmons or Shereen Williams for Tuesday morning because Chris is... Sick. Chris has the <laughs> flu after the Monday night game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, woke up naked in the Meadowlands parking lot. All sorts of. We're things. going streaking. <laughs> Giants, one point favorites over the Cowboys. Over under of thirty nine. Chris, set aside your rooting interest and tell me who you like in this one.
3: All right. Well, let me just like uh, you know, I- I'm going with the Giants here, uh, and-, and I don't. This is going to be, I think, an ugly football game. You know, but I do look at it like. The stadium's going to be electric. The G-men haven't been two and zero in I don't know forever. I don't even when the last time they were two and zero. But there's positive vibes, and then it's Cooper Rush and everybody. I just think the stadium is going to be a real factor in this football game for the Giants. You know, and then I look at it and I just go, I, I you know the Giants' defense been it's pretty damn good. You know, we saw that they they were okay against Derrick Henry and company. They probably shouldn't have won that game or whatever, but they kept it close enough and, hey, ball bounced their way a little bit. That's okay. But I think they're going to be able to handle this Cowboys offense, which I don't think is all that special, right? Now, I don't think the Giants offense can do a whole lot against the Cowboys defense either, you know, but the Giants do have a decent run game. And Daniel Jones' ability to keep the ball off the run game makes him dangerous. And Daniel Jones has been playing clean, good football for the most part. He's made like one bad decision the whole year, and it was an interception down in the red zone against the Titans. I think Dayball has, you know, really beat that into his brain a little bit. So because of the emotions of the stadium, you know, the the way the Giants are playing, they're going to make the Cowboys wear the blue that they feel are bad luck uh i'm going with the giants i'm so pumped man my family's never been to a giants game it's gonna be awesome it's getting you know, emotional cooper rush cooper rush has shown he can
2: win in prime time yeah he beat prime time kirk last year on a sunday night yeah that was the game that really drove the wedge between well it made it even wider it crossed the bridge that couldn't be uncrossed between mike zimmer and kirk cousins I think that the Cowboys can do the whole total team effort thing. They did yeah, against you. the Bengals. It gave them confidence going forward. They'll have confidence going into this game. And I still don't see how the Giants are better than they were last year. They don't seem better to me. They've won both games, but they don't strike me as a team that is dramatically improved from a talent standpoint. Saquon Barkley is going to be the key. If he comes out and has a big night, then, you know, I and, and trust me, As you were explaining it, I was doubting my pick. I'm sticking with my knee-jerk instinct reaction. I'm not changing. I don't want to change. The hand's off the checker. I got Dallas 21-17, but this will not be one of my best bets.
3: Yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. There's no doubt. I I don't know if I said my score. I'm going Giants 16-13. And I'll say one thing. Saquon being back makes them better. I think they have the appropriate offensive game plan week to week right now. That's the good thing. And then Wink Martindale is their D coordinator, even though you're right, the talent, you don't look at it and just go, oh, my gosh, they got better here, they got better there, all that. I totally agree with you. But I think they got two guys on both sides of the ball that understand what they are and they play the appropriate way on both sides. So that's where it's going to be cool. And, uh, yeah, we're going stricken through the quad on this one. Let's go, Giants break time
2: when we return we call it best bets we may change it to worst bets depending upon what happens this week we it couldn't couldn't get much worse last week and also our Folsom prison blues pick which i also think crapped the bed last week more chris sims unbuttoned and pftpm right after this whoa Best bets time. Nothing good about them last week. We were combined 0-6, which is as bad as it can possibly be. We try it again this week. We each make three picks against the spread or an over-under. Best bet. Chris, what do you got?
3: I'm going to go with the under in the Patriots-Ravens game. That's the first one I'm going to go with there. I wanted to pick the under with the Patriots-Steelers last week. I think that game can look this very similar way. I got a 22 17, the over-unders at 43-5. I'm going to ride the under here again. I took the Colts week
2: one, and they screwed me at the drive-thru. Yeah. As you would say. <laughs> I took the Colts week two, and they screwed the, me at the drive-thru again. They at the drive-thru
3: that time. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so this week, this week, fuck you, Colts. <laughs> yes. I'm taking the Chiefs as one of my best bets. Chiefs give the points blowout win for the Chiefs all right what's
3: your next one my next one is I'm going to the Shanahan Bowl I'm going with the 49ers you know I don't know I you know I know I'm blonde and from New Jersey and I don't read books but damn I just don't understand it and I'm not Johnny the shark or anything like that but I'm just still shocked by that I really am I just think all things point to the 49ers I'm going 49ers Give me the same that that one just screamed out to me one and a half point favorite 49ers win that game easily. I believe what's your last one. All right. My last one. Th- this is a tough one here because it's just like a, it's it's not a team we're accustomed to, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I don't wow. like the seven points. Wow. I think Dr. Needle and the Herbert rib thing is a little <laughs> pain in the butt there for them. And I think it you know, the Jaguars lose. It'll be really close. I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled off the upset. I really would not be. Uh, I think the Jaguars got a lot of talent. I'm torn between the Seahawks beating the Falcons
2: and the under in the Bears-Texans. Yeah, right. I'll go under in the Bears-Texans just for shits and giggles. Uh, Give me the under 40 points. I think they could play eight quarters and not get to 40 combined points, Bears-Texans. So give me the under in that. 40 seems too high. All right. (laughs) Folsom Prison Blues. We, we we This is another one where we're we're just we've been wrong. The, the one game
3: that we guarantee a win, we've been wrong. Well, everybody's Both been waits. screwed over you by got? this stuff. I mean, who yeah, do you got this? One? We got shot and killed, and then after we we're dead, we're getting legs chopped off now, just for the fun of it. Lovely. I'm I'm going with the uh, the Colts are going to lose to the Chiefs. I uh, they're, I'm going with that one.
2: I'll go 49ers and the Shanahan bowl. I'm all in with you. I just don't see how the Broncos win this game. They have not been impressive. And I don't know how they beat the Texans last week. Maybe because it was the Texans. That's it for now. Enjoy the games. Don't pay attention to the stuff we're wrong about. See ya.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.